three, two, one. Well, what's up, friends? Welcome back to another episode of the Metaverse Church Podcast. So here's what you don't know. I always want this episode, the show, to be uh, in full transparency to you guys as followers and listeners. We owe that to you since you give us your time and attention. And yeah, this this is definitely a re-record. Goose and I, we, we started this and technology is like the greatest enemy and the greatest friend all at the same time. So the reason why I'm telling you this is because that's how I started the last one before we had to re-record. And it felt so... Like, it felt less authentic that go around. So, that's my apologies to you. But either way, still, we're glad that you're here. We're glad that you're listening to and watching the Metaverse Church podcast. Goose, what's up, man? <laughs> I'm I'm impressed that you decided to give that a second go after the way the first one went, but that's all right. <laughs> nah, uh, I hold no shame. What can I say? It's good. We accept all your right. confession. Yeah, thanks. This is my confession. Oh, sure. Um, hey, so we are doing uh, pretty much a continuation from our last episode. So uh, the two episodes ago, we did a talk on uh, VR anonymity. So people like to, uh, what feels like people are hiding in the metaverse world, but yet we get some full transparency and authenticity from people when we're in conversation with them. Uh, we talked about that two episodes ago. Last week, we talked about uh, VR counseling. Like, can you truly and um, in a healthy way counsel somebody towards that idea of health and spiritual growth? And so um, many of you who might be church leaders who are listening to this and even asking the question, should our church dive into doing metaverse uh, ministry at all? You might be asking the question, so how do we disciple people well? How do we counsel them? Can you do marriage counseling in this? And um, Goose, you started talking about this towards the end of the last episode that you guys are a cornerstone. Uh, you have, you guys have started dabbling in what does it look like? What would it mean to do like premarital and marriage counseling for people within your guys' VR church? So you kind of want to talk about what that's looking like for you guys? Yeah. So, you know, we have talked about it theoretically because it's come up in theoretical questions, but more recently, in a very practical way where we've got in one instance, a couple who are asking those questions and they're not quite ready yet, but they're very serious and wondering what that looks like because they're trying to plan out, you know, they're, they're looking out ahead and saying, well, like, here's where this trajectory is going. What does that mean for us? And it's forced us to answer the questions in a in a much less theoretical way and say, hey, listen, if this keeps going, what are we going to do? What are we okay with? Because we want to advise them properly. We want to pastor them well. If we're okay with it, we want to let them know that that's okay. And if we're not okay with it, we want them to be able to make other plans or, again, just try to disciple them, disciple them well. And so, you know, I'll leave them anonymous for the sake of this conversation. But but they they are they they are right now the one you know, instance that has forced us to move from a theoretical to a very practical question of like, okay, what is our ecclesiology on this? Yeah. And I think realistically, like that's something that any church that decides to jump into the metaverse side of things has to keep in mind that 
our calling is to make disciples. Like we want every aspect of somebody's life to reflect and represent Jesus in everything that they do. So that's like how they're parenting, how they go about marriage, relationships, their work uh, environments. Like the idea is that they put on the newness uh, that is Jesus and carry that into every aspect of their lives. And so as we're meeting people within the metaverse, that still has to remain the goal of introducing people to Jesus that leads to life change, new followers um, who then go off and make more disciples. Um, so as the church goes into the metaverse, then that has to be the ultimate goal, which means even bringing some of those elements in and walking alongside people as they continue on their spiritual journey. Um, so I remember that this was a question that my executive pastor asked me at one point, at one point, probably like a year or so ago of what does it look like um, and the reason why he asked is because I was mentioning that we had a couple that were attending our services weekly that they were in a dating, what seemed like a dating relationship. I, I guess I'll say it that way. This seemed like a dating relationship. And so I was communicating this and um, he then says, so if they're dating, <laughs> does that mean that they could get married in virtual reality? And I was like, whoa, what an interesting question. Because yeah. the thing was like, you know, um, they lived on in two different parts of the world even. Yep. But yet they were attending church and they were doing like life with each other, I guess, in VR. And it's just like, man, there, there seems to be a lot of probably logistical hoops to jump through in order to for that to be a real thing like how do you allow one person who lives in like south africa get married to somebody who lives in like alaska um mm. all through a vr platform um now realistically like like legal wise i don't know that you that you can do that first of all um you might know that better than i do but what i do know is if that same couple then that's a theoretical couple. Let's say that, that same couple decided that they did want to move forward with getting married with each other. I've, I kind of sit here in the seat going, I'll, I'll walk through premarital with you guys because most of like, like the premarital that my wife and I did and um, some premarital that I've done with other people have all been, Hey, here's a digital booklet. Here is a website that I need you to go through, fill out the information on there. That information then computes and compiles it all for me to look at as a person who's walking you through uh, premarital or marriage counseling. Um, that way I can see what the story reads for uh, the groom-to-be or, or the husband and same thing for the bride-to-be or the wife. And then we can sit down and have a conversation, see where where things not matching up, where do we need to work together in order to move forward. And so I sit here in this ego and man, if somebody who attends Lakeland VR wants to go through premarital or marital or marriage counseling, I would sit there and say, Cool, okay, then let's do this because we have a common ground place in order to meet. But um, what what would be, Goose, some of those logistics for yeah. them? What are some of the legal ramifications that would have to be considered? Well, legally, it's going to be very difficult for, or, or if not impossible, for for two people in different countries to do to to get actually get married. And 
so that that may you know kind of may may take care of some of these on their own. But I do still think it's important to establish the ecclesiology, even if it were legal, because there may be mm. ways there may be ways around it. There may be you know uh, there are there are certainly ways you can do it. Um, <laughs> but what I thought was interesting about the last run that we had, which is relevant to this conversation, is. Uh, part of our conversation, uh, you, you know, you, you were talking about how, um, you know, we are communicating, you and I, and, and yep. we are friends and, and, and through digital means. And, you know, I was just I was thinking through all of the friends that I've made through digital means. But what I I had to stop and think because I genuinely could not remember. And I th- and I was wrong, actually. What I thought is I was thinking have you and I ever actually been in the same room together? And I could have sworn that we had, but then as we talked about it, we realized, no, we hadn't. I thought maybe mm-hmm. one of the conferences we had been to, surely you were there and I was there. And I, and I could have sworn, yes, no, we haven't. And to me, that was just indicative of how, you know, how tight of a bond people can form over digital means. Yes. To the point where you just can't even remember it. Have we actually been in the same room together? And I, you know, maybe it's just because I'm old, but <laughs> the point is, um, you, we, we know, we know we can, you know, you can become uh, very close over digital means. And this has brought us to the point where people are asking, well, can you become so close that it becomes, you can get married and it be a legitimate marriage? Mm. And so, you know, the first question that has come up. Uh, hasn't we haven't had to deal with it, but it has come up with it, which is the like on the easy side on the on one end of the spectrum of what I would call the easiest question, which is still not easy, but it's the easiest is if you've got two people living in the same place, uh, you know, presumably attending the same church and they both like VR, they're both gamers or whatever it may be. And they say, hey, we want to get married and but we want our wedding to be in VR. And so mm-hmm. essentially only the wedding would be in VR and everything else would be the way that you we would expect it to be. They would get, you know, get married, however they would do that. Then they would live together and, and be husband and wife and so on and so forth. That's one question that and that is a question. All right. Um, but all the way on the other side is the one that you've posed, which is you've got. A man and a woman in very distant places, they have become very, very close over digital means, VR uh, or some other. And they say, we want to get married over VR and we want to continue to live separately and be married. And our main our mode of relationship is digital. That is one of the questions. Now, that's not actually the instance that we have, but. That is that's that's, that, that's sort of what we're dealing with. Um, the way that we've processed it is similar to you, um, although we have dug in a little bit on this um, because we've kind of had to because it, it now we've got someone who's talking about it and we're like, okay, if this keeps mm-hmm. going, what are we willing to do and what we're not? What are we not willing to do? What are the what are the what's the criteria? And where we have settled on it is. Um, the biblical requirements for marriage really do require people to be in the same place. Hmm. That That's our take on it. So we would not go forward with any sort of marriage discussion, whether it's premarital or not, unless there was at least 
the covenant with us between the two people that once they are married, they are going to be in the same place. The main part of that is the biblical mandate for consummation of the marriage. I mean, that is biblical and and in, as an ongoing thing, it is a critical part of marriage. And there's, you know, we, we could have a whole, there are entire podcast series on, <laughs> on the role of sex in marriage, but suffice it to say, um, it is an absolutely critical part of marriage. And, um, and so because of that, I mean, there are a whole host of other reasons why being in the same place, living in the same house, um, being physically connected, physically present, a whole host of other reasons why. But that one, that one single thing, you just cannot get around. And so for us, that's the, that is at least the requirement. And so in our instance, in our case, what we've sort of decided, and this isn't locked in, so I'm not you know, saying that this is definitely our like stated procedure or system, but at the very least, we would require to do any sort of premarital discussions that at least there was the covenant. Yes, once we are, once we get married, we are going to live in the same place. We would not sanction a cornerstone. We wouldn't sanction a wedding for two people who are saying explicitly, we're not going to live in the same place. So, yeah, dude, you, you got my brain rocking on two different um, topics right now because like Old Testament, like we, we see this in Old Testament where it was law that when a man and a woman came together, they got married the man wasn't even allowed to go to war for I think it was like the first year of the marriage. Like they were supposed to just focus uh, entirely on this new thing of them being a married couple. Um, so like you were talking about like, okay, like are you guys going to come together by the time that this is all said and done? When you say your, your I do's, are you going to be under the same roof? And I would say like, if it's showing up in scripture of the importance that man, a dude's not even supposed to go to war within a time frame, or I think it was like even go to work or be gone for any like extended period of time. Like it was a lot that they had to be at home and focus in on that marriage. Like it yeah. was their duty and the responsibility. The other thing that you mentioned in there though, that um, I had never thought about before in regards to this question. And again, this is like the, this is like the broad and I'm taking notes in order to keep my, thoughts in line but um you know the the very far end of that spectrum that i mentioned of like two people living on two different continents even like how think how odd that is in our day and age because most premarital that i'm doing today my question that i usually have to ask and it shows up in any like premarital um questionnaire whether it's like preparing rich or you know whatever simbus is the question of like Hey, are you guys living with each other already? Yeah. Yeah. And yet the far end of the spectrum that we're talking about here is like, hey, do you guys have any intention to ever (laughs) live with each other? Or is your lifestyle, your living situation always just going to be via VR? Which is very, it's, it's concerning, right? It is because like I do believe, oddly enough, that there are probably people out there that will sit there and say, 
I can have a married relationship with an individual that I never actually see face to face because everything that I know about them is through a headset. It's through a screen. But what we've talked about already is like you can get very deep with somebody relationally by getting to know them because of like what is hidden. Like you're not so much focused on the physical features, the physical attraction of the individual, but you can actually know them at a heart level um, that it can actually spur you into this deep, intimate relationship with that individual that you can say, I don't care what you look like. Like, like I love you. Like I want to be with you. I love this person that I have built an attachment to that. You could say, yes, I will be married to this individual. It's scary. But I, I think that there are probably people out there that are already falling along those lines. The thing that also got us when my executive pastor asked the question was, um, because of how little you can know about somebody coming into this, like even take what I just said, like two people fall in love with each other who get to know each other on that deep, intimate level, like they get to know each other's hearts and everything. But at the end of the day, you don't know whether or not that person that you're building this intimate relationship with who lives in South Africa, South Africa, while you live in Alaska, you don't know if they're already married to somebody else and they're <laughs> sick and tired, burnt out on their relationship. It seems to be in a downward spiral. So they're looking for an escape and they're finding it through VR and they're finding it through you. And you feel like that you're getting something in a marital relationship via VR while they actually have a marital relationship in reality. So there's a lot of tricky situations that go along with any of this. I, and, and to that point, you know, so that identifies a risk <clears throat> of somebody that's like actively nefariously, you know, being someone else. But I think far more than that, it's just that we aren't our full selves. Hmm. In this and there and again, I mean, I get the authenticity side of it. So I'm not saying that there's something that we're hiding. What I'm saying is, like, you know, you and I have never had to argue what the thermostat ought to be in the room that we're doing our <laughs> podcast in, and, right? Like, there are just things that don't come up because we have the separation. And the same thing right. is true in, in a, if you if you were to have you know a quote unquote marriage or something that resembled it. So much of what goes into the what makes marriage difficult is the fact that you are just with someone all of the time. But it's supposed to be that way. We become one flesh. A man leaves his father and mother and cleaves to his wife. All you know, all the biblical things. You know, I don't. You know, those aren't just like metaphors and flowery language. It's literally like, no, you go and you be with her, and you are together and. And all of the things that you are doing life together, the, 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 just the, the sort of, you know, organic things that life throws at you when you are in the same place and having to navigate that, that's marriage. And you know that, mm. and I know that everybody who, who's married knows that. And, and, and so much of the digital relationship has like a, a, a sheen on it because you don't have to deal with deal with all that. And it's okay. That's, I mean, it doesn't negate the beauty of the digital relationships. We have to be honest about what they are and what they, what the good and the bad, you know, yeah. some of that's good. It's, it's, it's great that we don't have some of the, you know, arguments and debates that we might have to have. Um, but then on the other hand, it's a, so, so yeah, so that, that the, the, just being in that same physical location. And then again, not to, 
make, you know, not to make too fond of a point of it, but the consummation and the sex and marriage, I mean, that is the thing that forces people to grow together and be um, and to deal with issues together. I mean, it, it because you cannot remain bitter and have a vibrant sex life with someone. Like if there's a problem, it's going to it's going to be realized in that. Because yeah. either it's not going to be going well or, you know, or you're going to have to just force, you have to deal with it so that you can get back to that healthy, life, you know, healthy sex life. And so that's, again, why the, 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 the that physical like pro- proximity, it's just you can't you cannot do it without it. Um, and, and again, that's not to say that there aren't relationships where sometimes that physical proximity there, there are seasons where where that, you know, they're right. They're, the guys who go to the military or, or, you know, other types of things. I get that, but that's the, that's the, they all know that's not the paradigm. Like that's the right. exception for the sacrifice that they're making. And, you know, so anyway, so can we, that, yeah. so can it, can I play devil's advocate for a second? Yeah, absolutely. So anybody who is investigating the idea of bringing their church or starting a church in the metaverse, virtual reality arm, um, what have you, they will most likely, and we've, we've talked about it on this podcast that, um, you could find yourself in VR chat and people have talked about how VR chat is like the wild, wild west of the VR platforms where pretty much anything and everything goes, including sex. Mm-hmm. So for the person this so this is this is going to be my devil's advocate let me speak to the it's not necessarily the skeptic person but the person who is fighting for this like yeah. like goose I can have sex with my VR wife in VR chat Yeah well you know you can't you can you can have a version of it, but it isn't the one that honors the Lord. Because if you want to do this biblically, um, sex has a has the dual purpose of relationship and procreation. And so, while you could maybe convince me that the, I, I don't think you will, but you can you can make at least a a cogent argument that the relationship side can be satisfied through VR chat obviously the procreation side can't and and that's the paradigm and that's what everybody should be operating out of and all of the other outliers about well what about people who can't conceive and all that that doesn't matter it's either legitimate or it's not and in this case it's not it can never result in procreation so it's never a form that honors the lord um so that that would be my response. It's more nuanced than that, but for the sake of this discussion, I, I think that's probably a good enough. That's probably the the, the answer that I would give. Um, but that's, that's good. Yeah, it does, does, still doesn't work. Yeah, that's good. Um, we can. So you got a question that you want to tee up that you're excited about. So I'll I'll conclude our conversation here on like the premarital marriage side because um, while everything we talked about. Um, has to do with that, I would love to tie this up with a pretty bow by saying this. Like These are the questions that have to be thought through when it comes to even considering doing premarital or marriage counseling with somebody in VR. Like The fact that some of the stuff has been highlighted, like the majority of the questions that we ask phys- in physical 
uh, counseling of like, hey, are you two living with each other currently? Because let's address that issue first. In VR, the question might have to be, do you have any intention of ever living under the same roof? So there might be a new um, a, a new layer that for churches we have to add to our marriage premarital um, counseling list of questions to ask when it comes to, hey, is this moving in a healthy direction, not only for you two as individuals, but you for a couple and for the greatest representation of what God has in mind? Because really the idea of two sinful individual people coming together to be that representation of Christ and the church, like that's what's at stake here. It's not so much the representation of who you guys are as a married couple, because really, as much as I want you to have the greatest love story of all time, what I ultimately want more is I want people to see Jesus and his love for his people through your guys's relationship. Um, so you mentioned Goose, as I tie this up uh, completely now, you mentioned like the thermostat idea, like you and I have always had the perfect room temperature for our podcasting for us as individuals, because we are in control of our own thermostats because we're not recording in the same room, but it's those tension points. The idea of the shared finances that you might not have to worry about if you're trying to do a, you know, virtual marriage. Um, It's the tensions of the fighting that you have to go through. It's the, you know, the soul care of one another that you have to go through. I've been told it's the tension on the knot makes the knot tighter. And Mm. if you're living for this VR virtual marriage concept, like you said, like that sheer that's over, it doesn't ever, like if you're trying to avoid the tension of marriage, that are you trying to avoid the tension that comes along with marriage, then you're never going to make that knot tighter and yeah. keep you two closer and tighter with each other at the same time. So well for the churches who are listening to this, my encouragement would be you're, we're going to have to wrestle through these questions and probably start thinking through a whole new lens and perspective as we enter into the metaverse of what does it really look like for us to lead people towards a Christ-centered marriage when those people that we're talking to are all coming from VR? Like, what are those all new questions that we have to wrestle through? Yeah, and I would just say to the people who are in VR who are thinking through this and think maybe they want to marry somebody that they've met, like, it, you know, I don't hear that, at least for me, which I'm just one person, but don't hear that I think that it's that it can't be done. But there is a way to honor the Lord with that relationship. And yeah. the coming together is absolutely key. And and really, I think that should be an encouragement. I think there should be an encouragement out there. And I really actually think that that there can be some really beautiful stories like you have kind of pointed out where people actually are getting to know each other without all of the other noise that sometimes happens in the world as we meet people and people genuinely come to love each other because that I absolutely believe can, can, you know, can, can be a thing. Um, and, but then decide, okay, we are going to honor the Lord with this and take that further step and make sure every aspect of this does is biblical. And so I, I mean, I, I see this as a great opportunity, but we do have to be awfully careful that we are following what scripture says. Yep. Absolutely. All right, bro. All right. You ready to take it? You, yeah, you always ask the questions. And so I have a good friend who asks, who wants to ask uh, the question. I'm just going to pose this to you. I'm not even going to answer it. If you had to pick one fictional character to be your best friend for the rest of your life, who would it be and why? 
Wow. Holy cow. Um, so I guess I don't have like a legitimate answer to this. So I'm just going to go with the first name that's popping in my head as you ask that question. So it's kind of like one of those word association games. And <laughs> I'm going to go with, I'm going to go with Gandalf. Oh. <laughs> don't, don't ask me why. I don't have any legitimate uh, I, reason. No, but I did, I, I did ask why. So what, what would be the best part of having okay. Gandalf as your best friend? That's fair. Okay. So here would be the reason why. He's never early nor late. He <laughs> arrives precisely when he means to. <laughs> wow. And he wouldn't forget my Uncle Bilbo's birthday. <laughs> you win. You win. Oh, that's a good question. I it's love good, it. Right? My, buddy has good. Good, my, my buddy has good questions. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna tap him for some more. And maybe we'll maybe we'll throw throw those at the end of the podcast from time to time. Yeah, dude, I love it. Cool. Well, you ready to call this one a wrap for yeah, uh, this man. episode? Yeah, good stuff. Yeah, this is a great episode. So, hey, if you guys have any further questions, um, really on even just picking gooses in my brain when it comes to this idea of bringing premarital and marriage counseling into your expression of VR, or you just want to have a further conversation on this, maybe there's something that you completely disagree with us as we have this conversation, we're totally open to that. We're still learning and figuring this out as we go as well. We're excited with what God wants to do. But the uh, best way that you can do that is you can reach out to us at the Metaverse Church podcast at gmail.com or you can join our discord all those links will be down in the show notes um, one thing that you can do to help us out is share this episode with other people if you found it helpful for yourself or just insightful um, you can uh, subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode and then leave a rating and a review um, those things help get this out to more people and I will say um, Goose, by the time that this episode drops, I'm going to be just getting back from speaking um, and attending the Exponential Conference in Orlando. And there is a whole focus on the digital and metaverse side of things. So this is a growing concept of church in the metaverse. So um, I'm really excited with what God's wanting to do um, in this area. I think God's moving in it and I think he's really awakening his church to the opportunity that is before us in it. So, um, but you do all of those things and it helps get it out to more people. Um, but on behalf of Goose and myself, thank you once again for listening and we'll see you next week for another episode of the Metaverse Church Podcast. Be blessed. <laughs>